Welcome everyone to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I am once again joined on this waiver wire Tuesday by PFF's lead fantasy analyst, the one and only Nathan Yonke. Nate, how are you today? Uh, doing well. We had a fun Monday night football game last night. I, I'm in a guillotine league where I was very, very close to getting eliminated, and I just barely survived. I had Austin Eckler. Uh, the person who got eliminated had Tony Pollard. I was sitting just fine until Pollard caught his 60-yard pass, and then I was sweating it out with a point difference between us, hoping that uh, Eckler would gain a couple yards here and there. He lost a couple yards immediately after that run, so I'm like, my lead is cut in half after he lost a four yards on a carry but i survived i will make it and i'll try to add pollard to my team now that he's going to be available <laughs> nice yeah i uh, i had a similar austin eckler sweat last night what i did was i i kind of hedged my bets i i needed him to to get me a few points uh, last night to get the win but i also bet his under on his rushing prop which was at like 50 and a half so actually ended up winning both which was nice um so i was <laughs> it was it turned into a positive night but it was a fun monday night football game um we got uh, basically the new the world's new most popular fan um showing up on monday the chargers fan the lady that was going through all of the emotions over there on the sideline um at, before the Char- chargers ultimately let her down um herbert with that interception on on third down with like 90 seconds left or whatever it was but we got some good stuff in here uh obviously austin eckler returning it wasn't like his most productive game obviously going against a very good dallas defense but um maybe we should start with with eckler's return was he limited at all did you notice from from the snap shares or anything like that or or how did his usage look um in his first week back he seemed a little bit limited to start the game, but by the end of the game, he seemed just fine. But I'm not sure how much of that was game script related since they do have Kellen Moore now as offensive coordinator. And we just had week one to see what his usage was like in that game. But uh, Los Angeles ran 80 offensive plays in that game. So it wasn't surprising that they rotated Eckler in and out a lot in that first game. So it was a little interesting to see how the, he was used in this game. Uh, play the first seven snaps of the game. Then throughout the rest of the first half, he would typically uh, start each drive, play a play or two, and then get rotated out. So wasn't ideal usage for most of the first half. But then as the game was close and competitive in the second half, uh, he saw a clear majority of snaps in the third quarter, uh, 13 of 16 snaps in the fourth quarter. So ended up being on the high range of his percentage of offensive snaps compared to what he was doing most weeks last year. So I think it'll kind of be uh, just dependent on the game script, how things are going in the game, how he'll get used going forward. This ended up feeling like how he will probably end up getting used and that he'll play upwards of 70% of offensive snaps in a competitive game if they really need him. But I would think in games where the Chargers have a lead, are able to kind of run the clock here and there, um, they'll probably rotate him out a little bit more when they don't need him as much to keep him fresh for the times where they ne- do need him. But whenever he wasn't on the field, especially in the first half, they were typically getting him the ball. Ideally, he would be more effective. Ideally, he would score a touchdown in there since that's been one of his main things that helps his uh, fantasy value despite his low snap counts at time is his ability to score touchdowns. It just didn't happen in this game. So probably feeling pretty fine about him going forward. Yeah, no, makes sense for sure. And um, the other thing in this game, Gerald Everett scores a touchdown um, among the Chargers tight ends here. Uh, Donald Parham was also involved, but um, w- was potentially hurt. So so what happened here with the uh, the Chargers tight ends um, from this uh, from last night? Sure. So going back a couple weeks, uh, Parham uh, in week three was almost overtaking Everett in terms of offensive snaps. So uh, it seemed like Parham was potentially taking over as the lead tight end, but they do have a heavy four-man rotation. Um, he was out snapping Everett in week four over the first quarter, but then suffered an injury, was still showing up on the injury report this past week. So um, I believe he was a little bit limited in this game at times, not, not getting rotated in as much as he was in week three and week four. Uh, he did lead the team in receiving yards, but as you mentioned, Everett did end up scoring a touchdown. So this is probably going to be a tight end unit to avoid in fantasy football going forward, since even though Everett scored the touchdown, I'm not sure if Everett will be the primary receiving tight end for the Chargers going forward. So um, I think Everett will definitely still be 
heavily involved, it just might be a decrease in snaps. And he was already last year seeing or was on the low end of snaps last year for a tight end that you would want in fantasy. So if that decreases even more, um, probably just a situation to avoid since they have too many good players. Makes sense. Um, anything else from the Chargers side of things that that stood out to you or, or you want to talk about the Cowboys here? Uh, we'll note the wide receivers uh, were pretty much the exact same as they were two weeks ago. They had their bye week last week, but this is the second game that we saw them without Mike Williams. Um, so Allen and Palmer played basically every snap outside of some three tight end sets. Uh, Quentin Johnston was almost always in an 11 personnel. Um, only saw the couple of targets, didn't see a catch. So a lot of people were pretty discouraged with that with uh, Johnston, especially considering some of the other rookie wide receivers who are scoring touchdowns this past week. Um, I would still be fine holding on to Johnston and just be patient with him since uh, it was pretty clear that he had not the best training camp. So it might take him some time to develop into a fantasy starting wide receiver, but I'll still go back to Amonra St. Brown a couple years ago. Now um, barely did anything over the first 12 or so weeks of the season. And then was uh, one of the highest scoring wide receivers over the last uh, six or so weeks of the season. So still certainly possible. Johnston will break out at some point this season, even if he's not quite there yet. So I would still be holding on to him if you're in a league where you have that bench spot to be able to hold on to him. Yeah, makes perfect sense. I, I mean, we, we we got this question a, a couple weeks back, I guess it was with the rest of the season, who we prefer, Quentin Johnson or Josh Palmer. And, and we talked about Josh Palmer being being the guy there still, but there's definitely potential with Quentin Johnston to emerge um, in the latter half of the season. So definitely somebody that you might want to hold on to, especially in an offense like this. So um, how about on the Cowboys side of things? Uh, Tony Pollard, obviously heavily involved like you said he what he was quiet for most of the game until that 60 yard run but anything stand out about the the usage for the cowboys running backs um his usage was a bit higher in this game which wasn't too surprising um the cowboys just had a weird season so far this year they had mm -hmm. uh the games where they were blowing out their opponent as well as the one where they were blown out and in those games he was playing less than 70 percent of offensive snaps uh, just because they were fine putting in backups at the end of the game either to close out their lead or to close out their loss um in the one previous game where it was within 20 points their uh 12 point loss to the cardinals he played 86 percent of offensive snaps and in this one uh, he rarely left the field again, was only off the field for 10 snaps on the field for 51 snaps. So uh, very good to see him uh, pretty well dominate uh, usage, uh, play at all of the goal line snaps, all of the two-minute drill, and then almost all in the other situations. So uh, good to see out of him. Um, only gained 30 yards on 15 carries, but did have that 60-yard reception. Uh, was more involved in the passing game in general before that point. So ended up with 80 receiving yards on six receptions. So not his best day in terms of fantasy production. Um, his grades also haven't been quite as high this season compared to the past couple of seasons. So I think if he can start being the player that he was last year, he'd be a clear top five a running back over the rest of the season. He just hasn't played quite at that level yet but the usage was definitely promising to see him play this high percentage of snaps. Uh, not many running backs were doing that this past week. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I really thought he was going to take that 60 yarder to the house. I mean, he looked like maybe, I don't know, not as fast as he probably once was. Maybe the ankle's still kind of bothering him a little bit there, but still looked good uh, overall. Uh, just maybe doesn't have the, the top end speed there to have, you know, got home on that, that one big play, but um, still a decent day in production. Thanks to those receptions. Um, another guy who maybe didn't have a decent day for production, but did have at least an increase in, in workload, right. was the Cowboys tight end, Jake Ferguson. So what did his usage uh, look like uh, last night? Oh yeah. He was uh, similar to Pollard and that he was rarely leaving the field. It was really good to see out of him. Um, he was limited early in the season with Peyton Hendershot taking a lot of snaps, uh, specifically in 11 personnel and even on third downs. So Ferguson was limited in that way early in the season. Um, Hendershot did land on injured reserve, but they still were limiting Ferguson a little bit uh, these past two weeks, but he was basically on the field whenever they were in 11 personnel only took I think it was two or three snaps off an 11 personnel over the entire game. 
Um, a lot of the times that he was off the field was in two tight end sets when it was more of a clear run situation. So good to see Ferguson on the field for the vast majority of the past plays that Dallas ran. Um, if we can combine uh, his usage in this game with the target share that he was seeing early in the season, then he'd be a clear fantasy starter over the rest of the way. But it was pretty disappointing to see him just get that one target in the game. So ideally he starts seeing more targets again going forward, but this was really good to see out of the playing time for him. Yeah, it was, it was nice to see the playing time, but yeah, would have liked to see him at least get over that three and a half receptions um, that we talked about when, on our prize picks ad um, yesterday, but uh, it unfortunately didn't happen. But I'm sure there will be better games for him ahead, especially if this usage continues. Um, and, you know, the, again, the Cowboys defense or, or Chargers defense is decent, at least as far as the guys that they might have covering tight ends like Derwin James. So um, we'll hope for better games for Jake Ferguson. Um, anything else from this game uh, to go over, or should we get into to our list uh, of waivers can go over to two other quick notes that i had mm. on this one uh deuce vaughn was inactive for the first time this season malik davis was caught up from the practice squad but didn't see any offensive snaps so not really sure why they caught up davis in this game when they weren't planning on using him on offense at all so i'm not sure why that happened but a little bit disappointing out of to see out of vaughn considering um the fun that he had in the preseason and how good he was playing at times there. And then we'll just note uh, Jalen Brooks, seventh round rookie out of Dallas, uh, was active for the first time since week two, uh, saw a couple of offensive snaps. So good mm-hmm. to see him get a little bit involved, although that means that the Cowboys were using six different wide receivers, but the top three wide receivers still saw more than enough playing time to potentially be productive at least. Nice. Good to know. Um, All right. Fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Nate, let's get into our waiver wire list here. We got a few injuries. We got six teams on a bye week this week uh, for week seven. So there's, we're going, we got a pretty decent list here. Not as many quarterbacks, but we definitely have a lot of the other players. But we will start with the quarterbacks um, and talk about those guys first. So uh, starting at the top here, Sam Howell, we, we talked about him quite a bit um, this season, but he is at the top of the list. He's really only had like the one down game as far as like fantasy production goes this season he's been really productive takes a ton of sacks more than anybody in the league but um sam howell leads the list for you uh, at just 19.1 percent roster ship so still very surprisingly low yeah he had a fine game in terms of fantasy production uh he had been the top quarterback in terms of dropbacks i still believe he's number one in terms of dropbacks on the season but only threw the ball 23 times in this game but ended up scoring three touchdowns so he's ended up still being a fine fantasy quarterback this week um he's probably the best option off the waiver wire in terms of long-term options um he's been a pretty consistent top 14 fantasy quarterback so if you're in a deeper league then he's perfectly fine um just needs to play better uh, his grades aren't all that great so far this season so i think if he just improves his quality of play then that would push him to be a pretty consistent fantasy starting quarterback obviously unsure if that will happen this season he's only started a couple like seven games in his career so far at this point so definitely room and time for him to improve just a matter of if he's able to do it but i think he's in the situation where he is capable of being a fantasy starter if that does happen yeah makes sense um the other two names on the list here, Daniel Jones of the New York Giants and, and Desmond Ritter of the Atlanta Falcons. So Jones dropped below 50%, obviously, with the, the injury and, and not playing um, on Sunday night. So he's at 42.5% roster ship. Desmond Ritter down at 5%. So um, would you like to talk about Jones first? 
Uh, sure. So he dropped uh, both because of his injury and his inconsistent play so far this season. Uh, has only averaged 12.2 PPR points so far this season, which ranks 22nd among quarterbacks. Uh, he was drafted to be a borderline fantasy starter. So uh, not great to see so far. He did put together a pretty dominant week two performance, scored the most fantasy points of anyone that one week, but the other weeks haven't been quite as good so i think there's still plenty of room for jones to turn things around um it's worth mentioning that he is still one of the top rushing quarterbacks in the league scrambles more than most quarterbacks is able to pick up plenty of yards on the ground so he still has that rushing upside that uh he came into this season with um it's just a matter of uh having the passing game being at least at the level it was last season if he's able to get back to where he was last year then he'd be a borderline fantasy starter um, ideally, with the improvements that they made to their receivers, he'd be able to be even better than last year, but uh, he hasn't been quite there yet so far. So I'm not ready to give up on Jones yet. I think it's worth seeing if he's been dropped in your league uh, to potentially pick him up. Um, ideally, he's able to play this week, even though that's not no guarantee, but they do have a, a favorable matchup against the Washington Commanders who have allowed a decent amount of points to quarterbacks so far this season. So Jones could be someone specifically who could be good this week, assuming that he's able to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talked about him in the off season as well. So we're, we know about the, the upside that there is with Jones and, and the rushing ability and just got to obviously have some, potentially better matchups to, to take advantage of him and potentially stream him as well. Um, so yeah, worth, worth adding off the waiver wire for sure. And then the last name among the quarterbacks here is Desmond Ritter um, of the Atlanta Falcons. So maybe a surprise name at, at rostered in just 5% of ESPN leagues, but coming off two pretty strong fantasy performances um, at least, you know, finished as a QB eight, I believe in week um week five, I believe it was. And then last week was QB four. So uh, Desmond Ritter um, makes the list for you. Yeah. I always try to include at least one player at each position. That's under 10% at ESPN. And Ritter was clearly the top guy in that category this week Um, on paper. It makes a lot of sense that he would be in consideration to be a fantasy quarterback, considering the weapons that he has around him. He has Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Johnny Smith has been playing well this year. Uh, Cordero Patterson getting more involved. They just traded for Van Jefferson. So um, they have the weapons around him for him to be a good fantasy quarterback. Uh, He threw for over 300 yards this past week, uh, multiple touchdowns for the first time in his career. So good to see him finally putting up some yards, even though it was because they needed to pass the ball a lot in this past game, but that could happen in other games as well. So um, Ritter has not graded well this season. It would not be all that surprising if he is benched at this point, but I think it's a situation where either he will play better, in which case he will be more relevant for fantasy football or he'll get benched for Taylor Heineke, in which case Heineke might be someone to consider uh, off the waiver wire. Yeah, makes sense. And like we said, there's six teams on a bye this week. So deeper leagues, potentially without a quarterback option. Um, Desmond Ritter could be somebody to to consider this week going against, I think, Tampa Bay um, this week. So uh, let's go on to the running backs now. And we'll start things off with a few, a couple of the familiar names, guys that we've talked about rostered in just over 40% of leagues. And the first one is Chuba Hubbard of the Carolina Panthers rostered in 43% and Roshan Johnson of the Chicago Bears rostered in 42%. So um, both of these guys, I know we've talked about them in the past, but anything you want to add um, on either one? Yeah, first off, I'll mention for the running backs in general this week, a lot of this will depend on what you are looking for in a running back. If you are specifically looking for someone this week versus someone who could help you potentially long term, since some of the top guys who are available are on bye weeks this week. So um, Hubbard is one of those players who is on a bye week this upcoming week. So um, he is the best long term option out of all the running backs, though. Um, He started in place of Miles Sanders this past week, uh, ran the ball 19 times for 88 yards and a touchdown, uh, making it the best ground game by a Panthers running back so far this season. A pretty well-dominated offensive snaps throughout the game, which was great to see. Um, Obviously, Sanders will be back at some point of time, but it would not be surprising if Hubbard remains the starting running back for Carolina. Uh, Last week, we saw Carolina do a little bit of a switch where Uh, Hubbard was more involved in the run game, involved in short-yarded situations. Sanders was being used more as a receiver. 
Um, Sanders is the lowest graded running back out of all the running backs with at least 25 carries so far this season in the run game. So has not had a good start to the season. So Hubbard is the clear running back out of everyone on this list who has a chance to be the starter over the course of the rest of the season with a decent amount of likelihood. So he'd be the top option that I'd be looking at. Yeah, and like you said, they, they they have the bye week this week, so it does give Miles Sanders another week to to potentially get healthy and maybe you know cut into those snaps. But I'm with you. I, I like the potential for Chuba Hubbard to be kind of their their number one guy over there, even if it is you know there's even if Sanders does still get involved, there's at least some potential for uh, Hubbard, who's been more effective this season so far. So, um, how about Roshan Johnson? Uh, we know that he he missed last game with a concussion, um, but the Bears backfield as a whole is pretty banged up still yeah we hope that he's able to play this upcoming week uh khalil herbert did end up on injured reserve so he will miss at least the next three games at this point so johnson should be at the top of the depth chart has been playing well so far this season uh the only concern is chicago has liked to stay in a committee uh they added darrington evans this past week off uh, the practice squad and Evans ended up playing a bigger role than a lot of people expected uh, with Deontay Foreman still playing uh, a biggest role in the Chicago offense out of the backfield, but it was more of a two man backfield than a lot of people expected. So we could see this still being a two man backfield with Johnson leading and Foreman or Evans even being the second guy, but um, that's still the role that Cleo Herbert had, and Herbert was at times a fantasy starter. And the Bears have two pretty favorable matchups in the upcoming weeks against the Raiders and the Chargers. So Johnson is someone that, if you're looking for a more immediate fantasy starter, is probably the best option. But he is still taken in a decent amount of leagues. Nice. I like it. Um, so let's go on to a couple other names here, guys, that we haven't talked as much about in the past and then we got some injuries and and uh changes in the backfields here and starting with uh the houston texans we did talk touch on this yesterday but devin singletary appears to have taken over kind of the the lead back duties um for the texans over damian pierce singletary rostered in 27.5 percent of espn league so for anybody that didn't hear us talk about it yesterday um what do we like about devin singletary going forward so Singletary's been the primary receiving back at times. Uh, Mike Boone did take a decent amount of the third downs in this game, but Singletary took the majority of snaps on early downs, saw just as, nearly as many carries as Pierce, and was more effective as a runner as Pierce, um, was averaging 4.8 yards per carry, 2.6 by Pierce. So I wouldn't be surprised if Singletary gets to a point where he is leading the Texans' backfield. In uh, carries this season, uh, Pierce hasn't been much of a receiver, but Singletary does have a lot bigger history of being a receiver, so there's a chance that Singletary will be the primary running back in every situation for Houston going forward. Um, there's also a chance that Pierce will go back to the exact same role he had before. Uh, Houston seemed to have no problem changing how they use their running backs from one week to another. We've seen plenty of changes in terms of which running backs inactive each week or which running backs are seeing time on third down. So um, it's a little bit of a gamble because Houston might just go back to what they were doing before. But Singletary at least has the potential to be in every down back in an offense that is young and improving. So there is a chance that Singletary could have a very good season. He did grade well in his time at Buffalo. So he does have the talent to be a good running back. So he could be anywhere from a top 15 running back rest of season to uh, going back to being a backup. Who's not seeing that many touches. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Um, the other, well, a couple names here in San Francisco, Jordan Mason, who's rostered in just 1% of leagues, Elijah Mitchell rostered in 27% of leagues, but Christian McCaffrey got a little banged up near the end of last game. Um, so we don't, really know if he's going to miss time or not but definitely probably worth considering adding either jordan mason or elijah mitchell right uh, yeah hopefully we get more news later today when san francisco was giving their updates they were saying that mccaffrey was in the middle of taking his mri so they gave updates on other players but not mccaffrey so a little bit mysterious to this point um hopefully we even get news sometime while we're on so we can give you an update there but until that point um, Elijah Mitchell had been injured the past couple weeks, was coming back from injury. Um, he was playing the majority of the backup snaps before the McCaffrey injury. 
um, which was a little surprising to see considering how well Jordan Mason has played uh, whenever he's been given an opportunity. But once uh, the injury happened, Mason was playing the majority of snaps. I think a bit of that had more to do with the fact that Mason is a better receiving back than Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell, when he was the main running back in San Francisco, was only playing first and second downs, and someone else was playing on third downs, whether that was Jeff Wilson, uh, Kyle Juszczyk. It was always someone else doing the passing down work. So it wasn't surprising to me to see Mason play that much at the end of the game considering San Francisco was passing to come back in the game. So I wouldn't take the fact that Mason was the main guy after the injury to mean that Mason will be the main guy if McCaffrey misses a game. I think Mason does have the best upside of the two. He's at a 92.5 PFF grade over the last two seasons, which is huge. And a, he is going to be the receiving back at the very least. So I think Mason is someone that I might give a slight edge to over Mitchell, but I think this would be a pretty clear two back committee if McCaffrey does miss time. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that being the case. And yeah, hopefully we get some news on Christian McCaffrey uh, and it's not, it doesn't continue to be mysterious because they do play on Monday night um, this week, which always kind of makes it a little trickier. So if you do have Christian McCaffrey, I would definitely suggest adding at least one of these guys, Mason or Mitchell, just to kind of uh, make sure that you have a backup plan there going into Monday night football in week seven. Um, another potential injury here or well, one that, yeah, I think, David Montgomery is expected to miss time um, for the Detroit Lions, right? So Jameer Gibbs obviously is still also dealing with an injury. But so Craig Reynolds um, makes the list here, rostered in just 5% of leagues. Um, so Craig Reynolds of the Detroit Lions, Nate. Yeah, the Lions backfield has been banged up. Uh, Jameer Gibbs has missed time. Zonovan Knight expected to miss the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. So they were already down a couple running backs before this game. Uh, once David Montgomery went down with injury, it was Craig Reynolds playing in every situation. Uh, Davina Zigbo uh, caught up from the practice squad, played a couple snaps here and there. But it was really the Craig Reynolds show over the course of this game. So the big thing will be how healthy is Gibbs for this upcoming week. Um, if Gibbs does not end up playing, I'd expect Craig Reynolds to play the vast majority of snaps, probably around 75%, which is fairly good for a running back. He'd get all the carries, all the receiving down work, so that would be huge for him. F. Gibbs doesn't play. It's against the Ravens, who have been okay against running back so far this season. So I would say Reynolds would probably be a fantasy starter for sure if Gibbs does not play. Um, the big question is, F. Gibbs does play. How healthy is he? We did see that one game early in the season without Montgomery in which Gibbs was the primary early down back, uh, saw a ton of carries in that game, was definitely a fantasy starter, but there's a chance that F. Gibbs does play. He might not be at 100%, in which case Reynolds would still see significant playing time and potentially lead the team in touches in the game. So a lot will depend on Gibbs' injury throughout this week. Yeah, good call. And like you said, it might not be like the best matchup against the Ravens, but again, this many teams on a bye, you might not have a chance to be picky here for matchups. So Craig Reynolds could be somebody that we're starting this week. Um, how about Zach Evans of the Los Angeles Rams? Because Kyron Williams also hurt now um, and is expected to miss time. So another guy here that that's coming in potentially to fill in um, as a starter with, with another injury to the backfield. Oh, yeah, this is one that I had to add in the middle of the day yesterday after Ian Rappaport reported about both his injury and Ronnie Rivers, since Rivers has been the primary backup so far this season. Uh, Zach Evans saw his first offensive snaps late in the game, and they really haven't been too high on Evans so far this season. Um, was consistently in the preseason uh, playing in the fourth quarter of games. It was both Rivers and Royce Freeman seeing a lot of the work Um and from weeks two to four, um, they caught up Freeman from the practice squad. So Evans was not active in any of those games. And in week one, Cam Akers was still on the team. So Evans had been inactive the first four weeks of the season. It's just been these past two weeks that Evans has even been active. Um, I will assume that Royce Freeman will be signed to the active roster since they can no longer call him up from the practice squad since you can only do that three times for a player and they've already used their three times there. So I'd expect Freeman to be signed to the team and be the primary receiving back for Los Angeles uh, for as long as both Williams and Rivers are out. 
the Rams don't throw the ball that much to running back. So even though I'd expect Freeman to even lead the team in offensive snaps, Evans is still probably the guy you want since I would expect Evans to lead the team in carries. And um, it'll just depend on the game script against Pittsburgh. This should be a fairly good game. If the Rams are able to get a lead, then Evans will have a huge game. If the Rams fall behind, they might abandon the run altogether, and Evans might have a terrible game. So a lot (laughs) will probably depend on how you think this game will turn out of how many touches Evans will receive. Nice. I like it. Um, all right. Let's look at some of the other names on this list. We got a combination of of guys here that potentially could step up due to injury, but also in maybe some split backfields here. So Keontae Ingram of the Arizona Cardinals is one. Latavius Murray of the Buffalo Bills. Kareem Hunt of the Cleveland Browns. And uh, another guy that we talked about a little bit, Jaleel McLaughlin of the Denver Broncos, rostered in the most and the highest percentage of leagues at 48%, but still available in just over half. Um, So where do you want to start among those four guys? We'll start with uh, Keontae Ingram of the Cardinals. Uh, Ingram, we saw him get the majority of carries this past week. Arizona does not have a great schedule over these next three weeks since James Conner is on injured reserve, so Conner will miss at least the next three games. Um, you know, uh, DeMarcado, we were hoping he was going to be the primary back with how well he played last week, but he was the receiving back. Did see the majority of snaps, but Arizona also made this a three-man backfield. So Ingram is mostly someone, if you're in a deeper league or if you're having a lot of problems with bye weeks, particularly this week when there's six teams on bye weeks, Ingram would be the player to get out of this backfield. But I would avoid starting him if you're able to. Um, going to Murray next, it'll be interesting to see uh, one Damian Harris uh, had his neck injury, was taken to the hospital. So uh, from that perspective, that was not good news for Harris, but everything we've heard since then has been relatively positive uh, already out of the hospital, which is great to hear. Just unclear when Harris will be able to resume playing at this point since he does have a sprained neck, I believe it was, and I have no clue how long that will leave him out for, but uh, there were reports last night that Buffalo was looking at uh, Leonard Fournette to add to the team, so that would uh, put a damper on Murray's fantasy potential if they add Fournette. It would also hurt James Cook's fantasy potential if that happens, so we'll be interesting to see what happens there, but I might be avoiding Murray until we hear more news on if they add another running back or not. And then uh, we talked about Cream Hunt yesterday. Just mm-hmm. He saw more work than he has in the past, took over for Pierre Strong um, in terms of all of the backup work, and then uh, cut into Jerome Ford's playing time a little bit. So Ford did play very well at the end of the game. I expect Ford to remain the starter, at least for this week. But there is a higher chance that Hunt ends up becoming a starter than a lot of other backups end up becoming the starter. So not someone you want if you're looking for a back in the short term, but has potential to be a starter in the long term. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, like we said, we talked about Jaleel McLaughlin. There's there's a split there. Javante Williams did lead the group um, on Thursday, I guess it was, against the Chiefs. But um, just another name as he's been pretty effective as well. How about, um, so we another guy that, well, two guys that we've talked about a lot. Tajay Spears still on the list here for the Tennessee Titans, rostered at just 39% of leagues. Justice Hill of the Baltimore Ravens, rostered in 32% of leagues. Those ones have been pretty commonly on this list uh, almost for the entire season so far. Um, but a new name on the list is Rico Dowdle of the Dallas Cowboys, rostered in just 4% of um, ESPN leagues. So w- what do you like about Rico Dowdle? Sure. So I was, uh, again, looking for players who are available in over 90% of ESPN leagues, and he stood out as someone who could be a good hand up, handcuff going forward, um, especially with what we saw last night with Deuce Vaughn being inactive for the game. Uh, Dowdle's the pretty clear backup for Dallas. So if anything were to happen to Tony Pollard, I think Dowdle would completely take over the backfield in a lot of ways. Um, he has been playing pretty well in the passing game. yards per route run where Pollard outside of his 60 yard catch last night hadn't been doing quite as well in the passing game. So I could see Dowdle getting a little involved in the offense here and there, especially as they try to keep Pollard fresh uh, throughout the season. But I think in terms of if you're in a deeper league where you're just looking for someone who is a handcuff, who would be a fantasy starter at the starter went down. 
I think Dowdle is a decent option there and someone who is available in a lot of leagues. And a lot of the typical handcuffs are taken in most leagues at this point. So um, that's why I included him here. Nice. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, any other running backs uh, to talk about, or should we go on to the rest of the positions here? Let's move on to the rest of the positions. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Um, all right. Let's do a quick ad break, ad break before we go on to the wide receivers. Um, and this is from our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Uh, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So, Nate, we went over this yesterday going into Monday Night Football. We had CeeDee Lamb over 14 and a half fantasy points, I believe it was. We hit on that one. The other one was Jake Ferguson over three and a half receptions, which unfortunately he let us down. But um, we, we got a couple more. There's a few props up on prize picks right now for this upcoming slate. So I went with uh, I went with Josh Jacobs under 76 and a half rushing yards. He has the highest rushing total right now on prize picks. Um, he's only ever hit over that total once this year going against the bears it seems like a good matchup but the bears are allowing just three and a half yards per attempt this season which is the fifth best mark in the league and we've seen jacobs be fairly inefficient so how do you feel about josh jacobs under 76 and a half i think that's a good call there by you i think uh, there's a decent chance that he uh, doesn't have the best game i think he'll see plenty of carries but chicago's offense has also been looking decently good so i wouldn't be surprised if it's at least a close game rather than the raiders having a big lead i think uh, for jacobs to get a huge amount of rushing yards he either needs to be facing a good opponent or the raiders need to have a clear lead in a game and so far that hasn't been happening very much so i think there's a decent chance that um he does see at least double digit carries but he's just not how He's held to not many yards on those carries. Nice. And then you had uh, Cortland Sutton under 46 and a half receiving yards going against the Packers. Um, what do you like about Cortland Sutton going under? Look at us going unders uh, this week, by the way. That's uh, <laughs> always fun, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sutton's been under that the last three weeks of uh, 46 yards against Kansas City, 13 uh, against the Jets, 27 against the Bears. And then the Packers, uh, they just have two really good outside cornerbacks, Jair Alexander, uh, for sure one of the outside ones. Um, he doesn't shadow people too often, but there's a chance he will in this game, often when there's a clear discrepancy between one outside receiver and the other. And with Jerry Judy, uh, more often than not lining up in the slot in three receiver sets, um, I could see Alexander against Sutton a lot in this game. Uh, the Packers did hold the... Devontae Adams to 24 receiving yards on the outside earlier this season. DJ Moore to 14 yards on the outside. Not many wide receivers have been able to get uh, that many yards on the outside against the Packers so far this season. So uh, could very well see Sutton under that point. And he has been the subject of some trade rumors, so they might limit his playing time even if they think they might be trading him in the next week or two. Nice. Yeah, it's a good call. And yeah, Razul Douglas has played really well, like you said. Like I think he's their highest graded coverage corner um going into this week as well. So yeah, good stuff from the Packers defense. So there you go. A couple unders to look at for prize picks. And remember, at prize picks, you you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Uh go to prizepicks.com slash fantasy and use code fantasy for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash fantasy and use code fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's go on to our wide receiver waiver wire targets. And we'll start with a couple of names who are pretty familiar on this list. The Joshes, we got Josh Palmer of the Los Angeles Chargers rostered at just under 50% of 49 and Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts rostered in 32%. So I know we've talked about these guys, but anything um, else to add about them um, going into this week? Uh, just Palmer had a fine game last night, uh, seven targets, four reception, 60 yards. A dominated playing time was only off the field. Uh, typically, it was three tight end sets, so often run formations. So he's seeing the playing time that you hope to see. He's seeing the targets that you hope to see. And he's at times making the big catches. So I think he's someone who, depending on the matchup, is definitely worth considering in starting lineups. 
I like it. Um, all right, then some of the other names that are newer to the list here. We got Michael Wilson, rookie wide receiver out of Arizona, rostered in just 16% of leagues. And Rashi Rice makes the list of the Kansas City Chiefs rostered in 30% of leagues. So two rookies here. Um, you want to start with uh, Wilson? Uh, sure. So Wilson has just been doing a good job of making big catches throughout the season um, among the top 10 wide receivers in terms of 15 yard plays per route run with a number of star wide receivers also making that list. Um, three passes for 62 yards against the Rams has been pretty consistently seeing over 60 yards in most games, which he is dependent on making those big plays at times, but he is seeing the playing time needed only at a 12.1% target rate this season. So definitely dependent on those big plays. But if he's ever at a point where the Cardinals start throwing to him more often and his target rate gets closer to 16, 17%, then he'd be a pretty reliable fantasy starter. So um, just needs to get that target rate up. There's a chance that that doesn't happen at all this season. And he is still dependent on the big plays, but Oh, wait, we're just a third of the way into the season. Definitely still happy to take chances on rookie wide receivers and seeing how they develop throughout the season. Yeah, I've written about Wilson a couple of times in the wide receiver man's zone report article, and he's always performed better against zone so far this year. It really struggled against man, and it, that's kind of stuck throughout the season. And going against the Seahawks this week, who are one of the more zone-heavy defenses in the league, so something to consider there um, as well for, for this week. But uh, Rashi Rice, who who we've talked about a, a few times because we, we love talking about the Chiefs wide receivers and that rotation over there, but uh, he this is, I think, the first time that he He's, he's made the list at least since probably week one, right? Yeah, I think he's been near the bottom at times, but he did have a season high of 72 receiving yards on Thursday night football. Uh, still remains among the best wide receivers in target rate, just consistently is not seeing enough playing time. Um, Justin Watson did suffer an injury in this game and is expected to miss a few weeks, so that does decrease the number of wide receivers he's competing with for playing time. Uh, this should increase his playing time a little bit. Just worried this might not increase his targets all that much since Watson uh, very much a deep threat in this offense, uh, one of the highest average depth of targets in the league. So if anyone sees an increase in targets, I'd expect it to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is the other deep threat for Kansas City. But if Rice is on the field more often, that could end up leading to more targets. So ideally, we see him start to get more involved and start taking some snaps from sky more but um he did bounce back in terms of playing time this week compared to the previous week so at least seeing around 50 percent of offensive snaps and hopefully will be over 50 percent this upcoming week yeah i really hope so i it, again just seems very clear that mahomes wants to throw him the ball when he's on the field but again just not getting on the field enough so at least a nice little uptick there and hopefully that continues and like you said there's there's injuries now with justin watson to potentially allow him to get on the field a little bit more um, the, some of the other guys here, you got Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Quentin Johnston of the Los Angeles Chargers, and Curtis Samuel of the Washington Commanders. Sam, uh, Samuel has the lowest uh, roster ship percentage at 28%, but he's been effective for the Commanders. I mean, more so than at least Jahan Dotson as well, right? So a few names here um, to think about this week. Anybody that you want to expand upon? Yeah, I would just say Zay Jones, I know he's injured, but not giving up on him since I think he plays well whenever he's healthy. He scores a lot of touchdowns, so happy to have him once he's healthy. And already said, don't give up on Johnston. So um, I think we'll go to Curtis Samuel as the main person to talk about. Uh, has been the commander's number three wide receiver, has scored a touchdown in three straight games, which is huge. Uh, ranked second on the team this past week in terms of targets, receptions, receiving yards. And has posted a pretty respectable 19.6% target rate over the past three weeks. Um, he's someone that we know has been talented. We know he's been a borderline fantasy starter at various times throughout his career. And this is another one of those times where he's really been starting to shine. Um, mentioned with Howell that uh, the commanders have been the team to throw the ball pretty much more than any other team. So uh, that does help in terms of getting everyone in the offense volume. Um, he has lined up in the slot 69% of the time, so it also helps knowing that Samuel will be going up against the slot cornerbacks. We can know which teams ahead of time are good or bad against allowing receiving yards to slot players, so that kind of helps 
decide which weeks you might be willing to start him versus which weeks to leave him on the bench. So um, helpful in that way as well. So someone that probably isn't going to be an every week fantasy starter, but in the right matchups can be a fantasy starter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. And and like you said, there, there's at least some a, a lot of passing volume to like there uh, for these Washington wide receivers to get these guys involved. Um, and then the last names on the list, a couple of Giants wide receivers, both under 5% roster ship on ESPN, Wandale Robinson uh, and Darius Slayton. Yeah, Robinson, he was someone where I'm writing this, starting to write it on a Saturday night, just trying to get anticipate who I think will be available on the waiver wire and then Robinson uh, surprised me in that Paris Campbell was not involved in the Giants offense on Sunday night. Uh, Robinson was injured and didn't play the first couple weeks. Then um, Campbell was still the primary slot receiver. Robinson took over about two weeks ago and now Campbell is pretty much out of the picture. I wouldn't be surprising to see uh, Campbell get traded at this point considering he didn't see any offensive playing time this past week, but Robinson uh, consistently has been seeing a decent amount of targets each week um, playing the slot receiver role. So he's not on the field for two wide receiver sets. So that's always a bit limiting at times, but took hundred percent of snaps and 11 personnel uh, set season highs in terms of receptions with eight receiving yards with 62. So anyone who's seeing eight or more receptions in a game is probably worth considering. And if the Giants offense starts playing better, then that would be huge for Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. I like Wando Robinson. That's a good call. And yeah, Darius Slayton, who was also, um, pretty involved uh last week as well led the team in receiving yards he had 69 receiving yards and they they were going for him on some deep shots as well so another guy that has potential in this offense we're looking for somebody to emerge there darren waller has been fairly quiet so far this year so maybe we can get some um some value out of these giants wide receivers if they get consistent usage and targets as well and the usage has been consistent for Slayton. Mm-hmm. He's been their number one outside receiver all season long. It's just the offense needs to start playing better. So if that happens, uh, number one wide receivers on team should be on fantasy rosters. So he's only on 1.5% of ESPN League. So all it will take is for the Giants to start playing better and Slayton will be putting up some big games. Yeah, yeah. People are um, blacklisting the, the Giants wide receivers, giving giving us so many primetime games where they put up stinkers. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's possible that we get some value out of there. So yeah, that that's a very low roster ship percentage, for, like you said, for a number one wide receiver on a team. Um, that's all the wide receivers. We'll go on to the tight ends here in a second. But first, I want to give a shout out to uh, Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a combat compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness makes this the perfect travel tool for on the go and being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. And for my wolf men with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code PFF. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. All right, let's go on to our tight ends here, uh, Nate. We got uh, at the top of the list, uh, Dalton Kincaid of the Buffalo Bills. I know you know he's dealing with an injury, but um, a rookie tight end that we have at least hopes for. Um, it most likely was dropped in a few leagues uh, this past week, but Kincaid leads the leads the group this week for you. Yeah, I was dealing with the concussion, so hopefully he's back next week. I know he's kind of disappointed in terms of other fantasy tight ends with Sam Laporta doing so well, Uh, Luke Musgrave also having plenty of receptions, but when you compare Kincaid to other rookie tight ends over the past decade, only Kyle Pitts and Evan Ingram in their respective rookie seasons had more receptions over the first five weeks of the season. So Kincaid has been getting involved in the passing game. It just hasn't led to as many yards as some people would hope. And he was expected to be a threat in the end zone and he hasn't scored yet. So I'm not giving up on Kincaid over 
five games, I think he can definitely improve over the course of the season. And I'd still want him, even if that means just holding onto him on the bench for a number of weeks, just because he has the potential to be that top five kind of fantasy tight end. If he starts getting a couple more targets and that increases his receiving yards. And if he starts scoring touchdowns, since Gabe Davis has been the one scoring all the touchdowns recently, although not this past week, but I think Kincaid can be someone who decently consistently sees those end zone targets for Buffalo. And then Kincaid, if he starts scoring touchdowns, that would be huge for his fantasy production. So I think that potential that we saw in him before the season is still there. He is uh, getting involved in the offense, just not enough to be a fantasy starter yet, but it only takes a little bit more for him to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've seen that already with, with one other name on this list among the rookie tight ends who we'll talk about in a second. But we also have Luke Musgrave, another rookie tight end here, rostered in just 17.7% of ESPN leagues. Obviously, the Packers were on a bye week last week, um, and he was coming off a concussion as well. So he should be healthy um, for, for week seven as well. Uh, yeah, he played this past uh, their past game. I uh, saw plenty of playing time outside of getting benched for a little bit. Um, he's been among the top receivers or tight ends in terms of receptions per route run. Um, had he not missed time, he'd be among the top tight ends in general in terms of receptions. So I think he's been getting the ball plenty, um, a couple deep plays where they haven't connected with him. So I think there's a chance that he'll make a couple big plays over the course of the rest of the season. And then specifically this week against the Denver Broncos, a fairly favorable matchup for tight end so if you're looking for someone specifically for this week then i think musgrave's the best option but musgrave should be a good option over the course of the entire season as well nice yeah we love musgrave um and then yeah another one uh another rookie tight end michael mayer of the las vegas raiders we talked about this last uh yesterday last episode um in his uh involved heavily involved role in the offense or at least increased role um and and also probably a reason not to give up on dalton kincaid as well so i'm um, seeing that that shift for the raiders rookie tight end this week um and for anybody that missed it last week what do we see out of michael mayer Ah, uh, yeah. So he's been a consistent uh, run blocking tight end for the Raiders so far this season, consistently playing in 21 personnel and two tight end sets. But this week, the big thing was he started playing a lot more in 11 personnel. I uh, was only playing roughly around 30% of snaps in that personnel grouping over the first five weeks of the season with Austin Hooper taking those snaps. But this week, Mayer took over as the primary tight end in 11 personnel playing in over 70% of snaps, including 86% of snaps, specifically on third down. So that was huge for his receiving. The Raiders also hadn't really been targeting tight ends so far this season, and that completely changed in this game. Uh, caught five of his six targets for 75 yards, so that's a very good game for a fantasy tight end. Um, ideally, would have scored a touchdown in there, but just the yards and the receptions were enough to would have made fantasy managers happy if anyone was starting him, but... Um, I hopefully this continues going forward. I hope he continues to see this playing time. Um, he was by some considered the best tight end in this draft class was at least the most well-rounded tight end of this draft class. So um, he could join the tight ends that are doing great among as rookies. This has been the best rookie tight end class that we've seen in a very long time in terms of fantasy production. And if Mayer is able to keep this up, then the class will be even better. Yeah, I'm with you. Exciting player, really talented. Like you said, one of the probably the best all around tight end. And as one of our comments said, uh, Mayor season is on. So um, uh, the last name on the list here is Trey McBride of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, we also saw him uh, have a nice day at last week. He led the team in receiving yards. So uh, an increased role for Trey McBride as well this week. Uh, yeah, second round pick from a year ago who saw a significant playing time late last season but didn't do all that much with it. But um, Zach Ertz had the good start to the season, but McBride had been grading well, had a fairly high yards per route run. And this week, they gave McBride more opportunities, um, specifically in 11 personnel. McBride had been playing significantly in two tight end sets all season, but it was Ertz who was dominating 11 personnel. Even Jeff Swaim, who's more of a run-blocking tight end, uh, was involved more in 11 personnel over the start of the season with McBride only taking 24 snaps 
over the course of the first five games, but he took 30 snaps and 11 personnel this past week, and that uh, led to four receptions, 62 receiving yards. Both of them were tied for the team lead for Arizona, so good to see out of McBride. Uh, still concerned that Ertz will be decently involved in the offense, so if the Cardinals have two tight ends that are getting involved in the passing game, it'll be hard for either one of them to be a fantasy starter, but at least a chance that Ertz gets moved at the trade deadline. Um, Arizona not in a good position to make the playoffs at this point, so Ertz being one of the oldest tight ends in the league, it could make sense to move him to a contender and see what they have in McBride for to see if he can be that long-term option at tight end for the team, and if that does happen, then there's a chance he can be a fantasy starter going forward. Yeah, I'm with you. And Ertz, too, like coming off the ACL, he's looked surprisingly well. But there was even talks um, that this offseason that he might he might be like a cut candidate, like a surprise cut candidate. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them move off of him um, as well at some point. So um, that would be nice for obviously McBride's value. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for all of our waiver wire targets for this week. Again, a, a, a really nice sized list here for people to kind of go through and, and figure out which players to to pick up and, and add, especially as we have six teams on a buy, like I said, Carolina Panthers, Dallas Cowboys, New York Jets, Cincinnati Bengals, Houston Texans, and Tennessee Titans all on a buy this week. So plenty of options here to kind of help fill those rosters, add some depth, um, and hopefully you guys all found that helpful. So that's going to do it for the fantasy portion of our uh, episode today. As always, on a Tuesday, we wrap things up with a little five-round draft between Nathan and I of random nonsense or, or things that we we kind of go head to head with um last week we did the best female characters in the mcu so uh, i got the win in that one so nate you get the first overall pick this week with halloween coming up we decided to go with best orange characters we'll have some other halloween themed ones here in the, in the weeks ahead as well orange obviously associated with halloween so um we we love these color character drafts um so we, we've got to orange now um after you won the the yellow one i believe it was uh yeah and orange is fairly close to yellow so hopefully i can build <laughs> on that momentum um i did my research as i always do with these drafts and there is no consensus whatsoever mm. of who the top orange characters are so i'm going to at least start to try playing some defense pick people that i think you might want and then i think it'll just be a pretty big free-for-all at the end of this but there are two characters that i've been going back and forth between and i think i'm going to go with the thing from the fantastic four as my first one um i think that's the one most i've there's not that many comic book characters that are related to the color orange but he is uh by far the one that I saw most frequently and hopefully uh, we get a good fantastic four movie coming up. Hopefully it's within the couple years that they don't keep delaying it over and over, but looking forward to see what they do in the MCU with the fantastic four going forward. Yeah, no, that was, that was a great call. Um, the thing obviously, yeah, yeah. Good. Trying to hurt me early here in, in the draft. Um, and yeah, I hope there's potential for a fantastic four in the MCU. I, I, Dr. Doom, one of my favorite characters. So I would love to see them do him, uh, justice and, and get him involved. Um, but yeah, the thing's a great pick, I guess. Yeah. Like you said, there's not like a consensus, so it's really tough to kind of find the the first overall pick so the thing was definitely my 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 top pick i'm gonna go with my second pick here i'm gonna go with ahsoka um ahsoka has the orange skin um for anybody that doesn't know so ahsoka of the uh, ahsoka tano of the star wars uh universe obviously we just had her show wrap on disney plus as well which i i really enjoyed love the the ahsoka storyline so i am going with her as my first pick that's who I thought you were going to go with. So those were the two that I was debating between. Um, the next one I will go with is Goku from Dragon Ball Z. I wasn't always the hugest Dragon Ball fan, but if there's any character that I remember from that series, it's Goku, and he was always wearing orange. So not going to be many characters that are have the skin color of orange that we'll be going with, I'm guessing. So going to be a lot of characters that we associate with the color orange based on what they wear and Definitely after some of these color drafts, we'll get characters from Dragon Ball or other series that I'm a little less familiar with that people will complain weren't drafted. But hopefully in this one, me picking Goku, which I think out of all of the Dragon Ball characters, having a color associated with the character, that's the color that I associate most with any of the characters from that. 
Yeah, no, Goku's a Goku's a good call. I, I I'm not somebody that watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z, but I feel like if we didn't pick him, we'd definitely catch a, a lot of heat for that one. Um, so I'm glad you were able to include Goku in there, and that's probably going to be a popular pick. Um, so I'm going to go for my next pick. I'm going to go with Kenny from South Park. Like you said, um, characters that are associated with the color orange. Obviously, Kenny has the the yellow snowsuit um, and is covered in orange. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. What else is there to say? South Park is obviously a classic. So um, Kenny uh, McCormick is my pick for number two here. Uh, last week, I was able to more or less get the top five people that I had on my list. This week, you picked my number two. You picked my number four. So now I'm already having to go to my number five on my list. I'm going to go with Charizard from Pokemon. I think oh, after nice. Pikachu being the most popular at yellow, which you got, I think Charizard is probably the next one that I'd have of a color associated with a character. So um, Charizard, probably the second most popular Pokemon outside of Pikachu, especially with the trading card game and his card being the most valuable from that original set of Pokemon cards. So, And I would think out of the three starter Pokemon, Charmander was the favorite of the three. So I'll go with Charizard for my next pick. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, yeah, I was surprised that, uh, how popular Pikachu was in our yellow characters draft. Um, I guess so. Number three orange character for me, I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Crash Bandicoot um, of the Sony PlayStation um, franchise. Crash Bandicoot, uh, long running video game series so i think crash bandicoot's gonna have some nostalgia fans not a lot of new games in the crash bandicoot series although uh, yeah they did i think they did put out like number four or something like that fairly recently so uh hopefully he's still fresh in the minds and people enjoy crash bandicoot as much as i do as frustrating as those platforming games can be um crash bandicoot makes a list for me <laughs> that's a good one definitely considered crash um my next one i'm gonna go with garfield from the garfield comics um I think when I thought of orange characters, Garfield was probably one of the first ones to come to mind. Read plenty of Garfield uh, cartoons growing up, watched the TV show as well. So a big part of my childhood there, but I don't know how popular Garfield has been over the past decade or so, how much Garfield has actually been involved in pop culture during that time. But at least a while ago, Garfield seemed like a pretty big orange character. Nice. Yeah. No, Garfield's a good pick. He was on my list for sure. Um, all right, I'm going. I'm going to the comic book well here, uh, and I'm going with Aquaman. Maybe not right away. You associate somebody with orange, but he's got the orange shirt and and you know upper half there. So does Aquaman count as an orange character for you? I guess is my question. <laughs> I'd be fine having Aquaman as an orange okay. character. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, Aquaman. It is. He gets. Uh, he gets in there um, with his orange shirt. So gotta appreciate that. Um, all right, last pick for you. Last pick. Oh, there's a couple of characters that I want to pick between, but I think I have to go with a more recent character since you were with your first pick with, with a recent character. So I will go with Miss Minutes from Loki. Hopefully oh. we have enough people who have been watching Loki. <laughs> and when I looked at my all the list online, Miss Minutes was nowhere to be found, unfortunately. But I think with Loki currently going on and me looking forward to the third episode and having Loki on my mind, even though we haven't seen Miss Minutes yet in season two, um, I know she will show up eventually. So going to go like with it. Miss Minutes for my last pick. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think one episode behind on Loki. So looking forward to kind of watching both of them um, tonight to catch up. Uh, all right. Last pick for me. God, it. So I had I had Tails on here from from the Sonic video game series. I already put Crash Bandicoot, so I don't want to put another video game character. So it's between Nemo, uh, Finding Nemo for me, and Fred Flintstone. I feel like uh, I feel like Fred Flintstone's probably the the more popular character. He's not a fish, which also helps. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going with Fred Flintstone with his one strap classic uh, orange. Uh, outfit there so yeah that that hopefully helps me a little bit um but yeah so i i got ahsoka kenny mccormick from south park crash bandicoot aquaman and fred flintstone you went with the thing goku charizard garfield and miss minutes for our orange characters so we'll throw that poll out on twitter um when we get the uh episode tweet out there today 
so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens uh next week um but that is going to wrap up uh today's episode of the pff fantasy podcast thank you all very much for listening nate thank you again for coming up with this list of players for people to choose from as we head into another wild week of the nfl with a bunch of teams on a bye week as well so um before you do go please let everybody know uh what else you have up on pff.com this week to help them through the week Sure. So I have the recaps to all the games that happened this past weekend, the waiver wires that we just went over, uh, five to add, five to drop, five to buy low, five to sell high, which went up today, Uh, rest of season rankings, which also went up today. Uh, We'll be having my upcoming week rankings go on the site later today uh, with the article for that going tomorrow and then starts at the day after. Love it. Um, Yeah. As for me, we'll have the IDP fantasy report uh, going up today likely this afternoon early this afternoon and that'll have all the idp waiver wire targets uh and player usage from every single one of the defensive players from this past week um and yeah we'll, i'll be back tomorrow with the weekly idp preview show and then i will be back with kate on thursday previewing the offensive side of the ball so looking forward to those as well heading into week seven again thank you all for listening and until next time peace out